Welcome to the 20 Things Adoption Podcast with your host, adoption author Sherry Eldridge. Adoptive parents will find hope here, hope that strained relationships with their adopted children can heal. Good morning, friends. It's Sherry Eldridge. And what a beautiful time it is in Indiana. The trees are like an artist's palette. They're red, green, yellow, and orange. The moms, oh my goodness, the moms are beautiful. They're in full bloom. The caramel apples from Connor Prairie are just as delicious. Um, I've got to quit eating them. They're so good. They even offer a double dip kind that's dipped in chocolate. Bob and I love those. So anyway, it's a beautiful time in Indiana, and I hope all is well with you. Thank you for taking time to spend time with me. I have something very special to tell you today. I'm very excited about this announcement. I'm going to introduce my wing woman. I guess that's the proper term. She will be hosting the podcast with me from now on. And, you know, we have been friends for quite a while. And when we get together, we so hit it off. Even though we're very different in ages, uh, she's much younger than me. We hit it off. And sometimes you say, well, this would have been a great podcast. (laughs) So now we're doing it for real. So her name is Bronwyn Smith. And all I'll tell you now is that she's an adoptive mom because I'm going to let her introduce herself to you, but I will say that she is very instrumental in the work of her of our church. She is passionate about helping women. And so her name is Bronwyn. And I'm gonna ask you to say hi, Bronwyn. Hi hey. Sherry. Thanks for having me on and thanks for uh asking me to host this uh, podcast with you. I'm so excited. Um, I am too. It's gonna be great. We have such a great time together. But yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we've known each other for several years now. We go to church together and I am an adoptive mom, adopted my son almost two years ago now. And um, I really got to know who you were first. Your 20 Things book was a uh, part of our reading curriculum for adoption training. Um, uh-huh. And then, of course, what a surprise when I found out we went to the same church. So that was such yeah. that was such a wonderful treat. And we just got to know each other and got to share our stories. And you've given me so much great encouragement, adoptee to adoptive mom. It's just been such a beautiful friendship that I've been so thankful for. Oh, thank you so much. I'm just excited about the future and the shows that we can do together. Me too. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, so Bronwyn, I mean, tell everybody your story. How did you decide you were going to adopt? And, you know, when did you decide you were going to adopt and stuff like that? Yeah, so our journey started quite a few years ago, a couple of years after my husband and I got married. You know, we decided it was time to start our family and we had difficulty. We went through a bout of infertility. And, you know, it was during that journey that in our relationship with the Lord, uh, we were directed towards adoption. It was really one of our, one of our final treatments that we were going through. Treatments were just not going well. And my husband and I kind of looked at each other and we said, okay, whatever this treatment, you know, whatever the game plan is with this, you know, we really both felt like God was either going to open one door or open another door. And, you know, it was up to us to discern what that door was. 
And God closed the door on that day of pursuing any further treatment. We couldn't go forward with the infertility treatment. I had some medical complications. And, you know, at the same time, he had opened the door to adoption. We had been looking at the same time that week, an adoption seminar with a local agency went that week, a week after we had stopped treatment. And we just fell in love, fell in love with just wanting to adopt and really felt like that was the door that God was opening for us. I, you know, I remember leaving that seminar, you know, we went through domestic adoption, international adoption, foster care, and we both just left with a sense of great peace, a peace that we hadn't felt in a very long time. And if I remember right, there was joy too mixed in that because tell us the story of the the little girl that came. Yes. Yes. So we had gone to the uh, adoption seminar, learning about all of our different options at that time. And right at the end, this beautiful family walks in with their adorable little girl they had adopted about two years prior to that from China. Mm -hmm. And they walked in the room and all three of them were just had complete joy on their faces and just had complete joy and delight in each other. And that was just something that we wanted. We were like, where can we get some of that? (laughs) Um, You know, we just, we loved watching this couple that we had, uh, the family there had also gone through a bout of infertility. And we just, Mm -hmm. we loved watching God really can take sorrow and turn it into opportunities for joy. Yes. And you make a good point there in that, you know, the sorrow I was tempted to interrupt you and say, well, how did you feel after you knew that was a a closed door? There is sorrow, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's something I really had to learn. And I think a lot of adoptive moms who, you know, their path happens to have infertility in it, that sorrow is not going to be solved by adoption. You know, a child is not a remedy for you. You know, that's something you have to work within yourself and work within your relationship with the Lord. It is part of your story. But it doesn't solve the sorrow as I don't solve the sorrow of my son as his mom. And so can you give any practical tips for moms who are at that place right now about how to work through your grief and sorrow? Yeah, for me, the most practical thing is just get with the Lord. I know Mm -hmm. that can sound kind of cliche or kind of, you know, oh, yeah, you know, just get with the Lord. But Mm -hmm. truly develop that time of intimacy with the Lord, because I truly think that's what God was calling me to during my time of infertility was he was really telling me, come closer to me. A baby is not going to solve your problems. A job is not going to solve your problems. A mansion is not going to solve your problems. A new car, a new whatever. I am the answer. I am the way. I give that advice to many moms who are, you know, going through their infertility journey is it's an opportunity to get closer to the Lord. Yeah. And as they do that, I mean, they might want to read through the book of Job. You Mm -hmm. know, Job went through a lot of sorrow and Mm -hmm. journal and stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. yeah, Mm -hmm. those are great ideas. So go on with your story now. Let's hear what was it like? I mean, how did you decide international about international? There's not really a romantic answer to why, how we decided on international. For us, it just seemed the most practical. We were presented with all the different options, foster care, domestic adoption, and international adoption. We knew that we wanted to go the adoption route. We wanted to have a permanent placement for a child. 
And for us, in terms of the finances and the way that the journey of adoption uh, international was just seemed the most straightforward to us. It was very well laid out. It had practical steps. And, you know, the finances were pretty much up front. I wonder, do you know, I mean, it's still very, very expensive. It is. Like it is in the States, right? Yeah, there really, there really was no price difference between the two. For us, it was for international adoption, at least the way that we saw it. While there wasn't a big difference in the upfront prices, Domestic adoption, you know, just to, to get into the details, the nitty gritty, which I know some people like, um, mm-hmm. some of the after costs can get a little more expensive in terms of domestic adoption um, and okay. can get a little more in the gray area. Whereas with international adoption, the fees are pretty standard and pretty yeah. set. They're not going to change. Okay. When you got over to Korea, I mean, there's a lot of requirements, aren't there? They're probably different for every country. There are, yeah. So we were presented with different countries. Once we decided on international, that was our route. There are many different countries that we could adopt from. And each of those countries have several requirements. Some of them have age requirements. Some of them have weight requirements. Some of them have weight requirements. Yes, you have You're to kidding. be below a certain weight or BMI uh, oh index. My yeah, true story. The parents um, or the kids? The parents. Yeah, the parents. Oh, the parents. The parents oh. do. The parents okay. do. I know. It's some. Of, yeah, some. Of, that was an interesting one. And uh, some of them had different financial requirements. So. China was one of the first programs we looked at, but you have to be 30 to adopt from China. And my husband and I were both under 30 at the time. We were about 28 at the time. So we would have had to wait two more years to actually start the process. But when all is said and done, we did choose South Korea. We met all the requirements. And what I really loved about South Korea is they do not have orphanages. They have all of their children in foster homes. Oh, I didn't know that. And so I just thought that was beautiful knowing that our future yeah. child at the time was in a home. Um, so and I just. No orphanages at all. No orphanages. They got, I can't remember the year they said they got rid of them, but it's been quite a while since they've gotten rid of orphanages. And just their respect and value of children is amazing. Children in South Korea are just so revered and loved there and very, very well taken care of. That's mm-hmm. amazing. That's mm-hmm. inspirational, really. So when a child is born and placed for adoption or foster care, so they go straight from the hospital to that foster care mom, huh? Yeah, it depends. I mean, I think everybody's journey is different, but the cut and paste journey, yes, they'll, uh, they're born and then their birth mother, birth father, one or both will make an adoption plan and they will be placed straight into a foster home. Yes. In South Korea. Oh. That's a very cool background to know your child came from that, isn't it? Yes, yes. And I'm sure it's not that way with every country either. It's not. You know, some countries there is a little more complicated. So, you know, the way that they Mm -hmm. treat orphans and view orphans. My best advice that I always give to parents on when they're going the international route, when they are Mm -hmm. picking a country is you really have to discern what's in your heart and what fits best with your family and what you value. We valued Mm -hmm. the fact that we knew our son, we didn't know he was a boy at the time, but we knew that our son was in a home, was being loved on and was creating attachments. And, you know, while on one hand that sounds, oh, like he's creating attachments, that's harder for him. It's actually easier for children to reform attachments when they already know how to create attachments. 
if yes, that makes sense. Of course. Yes. yes. I'm sure path- you yeah, very well know that. Um, pathways in the brain, right? Yes. Yes. So the fact that he was able to have those attachments um, just meant it, uh, it would be a little bit easier for him to form that attachment with us, which we loved and uh, which we valued. So tell us his name. His name is Declan. Yeah. He is five years old, yeah. the absolute joy of our lives. We ended up adopting, finalizing adoption November of 2020. So we're coming up on two years, which means, yes, we did adopt during the middle of COVID, which, you know, definitely threw a wrench in our plans. But beginning to end, the journey was two and a half years from initial application to finalization was two and a half years. That is a long time. And didn't you have to spend quite a while in Korea also? We did. We spent eight weeks in Korea, two of which were quarantined. We were quarantined in a hotel. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, about uh, probably about the size of, you know, a large bathroom or something. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. It was quite tiny. It was quite tiny. But we were there in the height of COVID. And even given that, I mean, we were just overjoyed that we were allowed to still come and get our son just meant the world to us. And, you know, the people of South Korea were just so warm and welcoming given the circumstances. And they just made every effort to help us through this journey and to help us through the progress. And we just loved our time there. What a beautiful country. And what a gift, I actually, to spend eight weeks there. Normally, we wouldn't. Normally, it would be two one-week trips, about a month and a half apart. But because of COVID restrictions, we uh, had to stay there throughout the eight weeks. And what a gift just to learn about our son's culture and country and language and history and food. And just to be given that time. I mean, we wouldn't have traded it for the world. And when you talk about food, he loves fruit, right? Because yes. fruit is dessert. There. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I need to be on their diet plan. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> uh, yes. He loves fruit, still loves fruit. That is a dessert over in Korea, not a big sweet guy and uh, still holds true today. Yeah. You know, as an adopted person, I just think about little Declan and, and hearing his adoption story, you mm-hmm. know, like telling him about the COVID You'll have to figure out how to put that in kid terms and you can do it. But, you know, how to just show him that what lengths God went to bring him to his parents, to bring Mm -hmm. him to you. He's going to have quite the story. Yeah, it is going to be quite the story. Actually, my husband and I did a couple videos just of us in South Korea for some friends and family. So we have those documented. And then um, a great idea. Yeah. And then we both kept some of the memories on our Instagrams. So, you know, if you could find us on Instagram, you could find me um, on Instagram at the real Bronwyn Smith. And you can see some of my stories from South Korea. You could see videos of our hotel room and just little snippets of our journey. That's going to be so cool for parents who are listening that are international parents. I mean, they will love to be able to connect with you. Yes. And we love connecting with parents. We have quite the number of people that reach out to us often just asking us about our journey, especially those who are adopting from South Korea. You know, we have, we've created this just tight knit online Mm -hmm. community where we can ask each other questions. I know a couple families that are there right now in South Korea finalizing Uh either their first or second adoptions. And it's just so beautiful just to see it keep going and see families uniting and children joining families. It's it's just a beautiful thing to be a part of. 
I'm sure that Declan is full of questions. Yes. You know, because adoptees have so much curiosity, we can't control it. Yes. So what, what is he asking you these days at age yes. five? Yes, at age five, yes. He is quite the curious one. His favorite question is why, <laughs> which uh-huh. I think is a typical, it's a typical five-year-old question. But, you know, some of the questions, you know, in terms of adoption that we're getting, yeah, he's starting to ask several questions about his foster mom. We have pictures of her up around the house for him to look at. And we have photo albums that she put together that we have out for him that, you know, he can look at whenever he wants. So starting to, you know, kind of put two and two together. Like, why couldn't I stay? Or why did you come get me on a plane? You know, recently he asked me, you know, if he was in my tummy. We kind of had a plot yeah. twist and also ended up having a biological daughter, June yes. of 2021, Parker. Yeah. So we have Declan and Parker now, but, you know, he got to see Parker growing inside me. And so he recently yeah. asked that question, you know, was I in your tummy? You know, that was our first segue really into his birth mother and talking about her and her story. You know, those are some of the questions that he asks a lot. How far away is Korea? Is it a long Uh time away? And I say, yes, it is quite long. And, uh, you know, he's asked if we could go back, if we could see it. And we, our intention is to take him there someday when he's a little Mm -hmm. bit older and can understand a little bit better. But yeah, he's starting to, you know, put two and two together. He's starting to piece together his journey, what happened, and just to ask those questions. Fabulous. Well, you said uh, the story of his birth mother. Did you get that kind of information? Very much. What should parents remember about that when you go over? Yeah, very little. We were given probably a one sheet page, really just with medical history. Other than that, we don't have much information about either of his birth parents. And, you know, I think adoption and birth parents is just to remember to honor them. I'm not a birth mother who made an adoption plan. You know, I have my biological daughter and I have my son, but his birth mother was his first mother. And I truly believe that she made a choice out of love for him, a difficult choice, a very difficult choice. Mm -hmm. And I think that adoptive parents always have to remember that, that the birth mother is their first mother and is still a mother. Yeah. And it's still a very important part of that adoption triangle, whether they're in the child's life or not in the child's life. I mean, right. for us, it was a closed adoption. We don't know if there's ever going to be an opportunity to beat her or know exactly who she is, mm-hmm. but she's still a part of his story. Well, you know, I can identify with that because for years in my search, I didn't know who my birth father was. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was just a mystery. And I thought I would never know Mm -hmm. who he was. And what gave me comfort was Deuteronomy 29.29, which says, the secret things belong to the Lord. The way I took it that to mean is that my birth father was in the Lord's hands. Yeah. And if he wanted me to know who he was, he would let me know. Maybe you can share that with Declan someday. <laughs> that is you great know, advice. Yeah. That God has that person at mm-hmm. his hand. Mm-hmm. And as it turned out for me, I found my birth father two years mm-hmm. ago, which will be another podcast. <laughs> yeah. But kind of nice to know that that does belong to the Lord. And, yeah. you know, I mean, for Declan and other young adoptees, now we have Ancestry.com, Ancestry yes. and Me. Yes. And um, I would recommend the Ancestry.com. I've done both. 
Yeah, he'll have that. And even yes. if he doesn't have names, it's just so incredible to look at the, you know, the map of the world mm-hmm. on your computer and see where he came from. It's great that he has so many resources available to him just to help him along his journey. And, you know, I think it just shows we've talked about this before. Adoption is complicated. It's very complicated. It has layers of complexity. And, you know, we've talked about that notion of duality of we can hold the same truth that Declan could be so happy to be in the family that he's in right now. Yeah. And he could also feel sadness and loss for Mm -hmm. his birth family, his foster family and his culture and country. You know, he can hold those same truths and same feelings at the same time. And what a valuable lesson that is for him to learn that, Mm -hmm. to learn that he shouldn't be all happy or all sad, that he can, you know, live with both in the same life. And you and your husband are examples of that, right? Yeah. We've talked about how adoption is traumatic for the child. Well, let's say relinquishment. Relinquishment is traumatic for the child. and coming to get the child and so on, that's traumatic for adoptive parents. Yes, it is. So the duality. We can hold space in in both of those areas, yeah. We don't have to choose one or the other. I think we've been up the beachfront and sad. (laughs) We've explored the ground floor at length, yes. That's right. (laughs) And um, it's so great to have you on board, Bronwyn. I look forward to all our times together. Maybe I can do podcasts more often now. Um, I think we can. This was, you. I loved it. This was just wonderful. Love chatting with you. I feel like we could always chat Thank for you. hours. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so we'll see you all next week. Thank you for listening to us. Bye-bye. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening to the 20 Things Adoption Podcast. If you can think of friends or family that would benefit from this information, feel free to share. See you next time.